You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza, 1811 Pico Boulevard, on the way to the beach. Gray Block Pizza, get that hitter. Today's guest is uh, is a Louisiana, a fellow Louisianian, um, a young man that I'm a huge fan of, a man that's you know uh, has constantly risen against adversity, uphill towards. Uh, towards a single goal. Um, he's a UFC uh, champion in many people's eyes and a title contender right now. Uh, I am happy to have Mr. Dustin Poirier. Yeah, my, I'm from Covington. That's where I'm from. Okay, so. I think that's... Uh between Louisiana and Mississippi, you know, Alabama. Yeah, yeah it's like heading towards Alabama. Like off inter, uh, off I ten, if you're heading towards like, you know, if you pass like I ten hits like a Jackson exit. Yeah, and then I, I think that's I fifty five, and then if you keep going down there, you're closer like a Beta Springs and stuff. Yeah, right yeah. next to a Beta yeah. Springs. Yeah, yeah, dude. Good we, brews. Huh? Good beers out there. Man. Oh, good beers, yeah. dude. Dude, a Beta Springs has this place there where it's like four dead man's curves like all come together at once and it's literally like there's a graveyard like so many people have died there like it's the absolute worst idea that ever. sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's two, two hours away from each other yeah there we go right there so what town are you from in louisiana i'm from lafayette oh really right okay. there that red dot is god's it, country yeah is it really better believe it yeah yeah so do you miss being at home because now you live in florida no i moved to florida in 2012 yeah when i first made the switch to american top team right and then uh you know, I bought a house there. Me and my wife lived there for uh, five years, maybe almost. And, yeah. and then um, we had a daughter. So I sold my house and moved back. I'm, I live in Louisiana. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I just go to South Florida when I do training camp. So I'll go there eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I have an apartment there. Yeah. But my home is in Louisiana. So are there other fighters that are down there in South Florida, like that you get to see when you go there? Like, is like what is that training camp vibe like? Training camp is correct. Well, first of all, American Top Team is, is just. Uh, a mecca of, of not only mixed martial artists, but boxers come in and out, kickboxers, jiu-jitsu practitioners. I mean, ju- it's just combat sports headquarters from people from all over the world. So there's a, a few guys in the stable that live there, yeah. but there's a lot of people that it's rotating. I mean, there's new new people in and out. So I always have different training partners when I'm there. Yeah, You know, lots of guys from like Russia come in. We have a lot of guys in that PFL tournament right now. So yeah. a lot of Russian guys in right now. Dude, the Russians, something, something, what is wrong with Russian people, man? Something's different about them, huh? I don't know, man. They're hairy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, fucking Russian people. Dude, I dated this Russian girl for a while, bro. She was crazy, bro. 
she was always trying to do like butt stuff to me and stuff. She was something was wrong with her to me. Like she wasn't lucky. She, yeah, I know. She was wild, bro. <laughs> she was wild. Um, so when you're in those like these training camps and stuff, are people do you are you just training with dudes all day? Like, is there just constant access to different types of of like you know, like if you wanted to do like bow staff fighting or you know, or could you do jumps. anything? Yeah, anything. Nah, I mean, uh, they probably have some self-defense stuff that they do teach, but it's it's normal stuff. They have boxing classes, jiu-jitsu classes, um, mixed martial arts classes, but then there's a pro team, and yeah. we have our own separate schedule. So we don't, for the most part, the pro guys don't train on the normal, everyday, you know, schedule that, that the uh, a customer or a family would, would come in, you know? Yeah. You can't have guys in there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Beating each other up with their shirts off, sweating and bleeding right. all over with kids on the mat. And you guys will get bloody in there. It You know, sparring sometimes gets pretty serious. Now, yeah, that's a question I have because, like, I'm not a fighter, dude. Like, I'm not even, I don't even think I could really defend myself, you know? Like, I would, if I had a shield, I could. But I don't think if I had, like, just my own body, I could, you know? Um, so when I see people fighting, I'm like, damn, this shit is wild, bro, you yeah. know? Do you, when you guys are doing the practice fighting, the training, how, how, how actual is that to what we see when we're watching the cage? You know, younger guys for sure. It's pretty close to what you see in the cage because these guys are nuts. They're trying to find out if they still if they are fighters. They're right. finding out. They're they're soul searching themselves. But guys who have a lot of fights, you know, we we kind of train smart and uh, keep it under control for the most part. The grappling and, and wrestling and stuff is live as hard as it goes. You know, like, like it would be a real scramble in a, in a fight, right? With the grappling and submissions and stuff like that. But when it comes to the kickboxing and and boxing and stuff, there are moments where it gets heated, but most of the time it's pretty under control yeah yeah so so right now you're down in florida and your family's in louisiana no so when i go to florida i'm back in louisiana now okay uh when i go to florida my family comes with me because i'm there eight or ten weeks you know i fly my wife and daughter out right because uh i just can't stay away from my family i'm a family man you know yeah, yeah. I, I, I love my girls and and i need them with me especially going through training camp yeah but uh yeah i was supposed to fight nate diaz november 3rd in, in madison square garden joe rogan dude i'm talk. i've called joe one time and um and we're talking about something, and I told him, I was like, dude, I'm a Dustin Poirier fan. He's from the same state as me. And he goes, do you want to go to the Poirier-Diaz fight? And I was like, yeah, oh, my God, bro. I was so excited. But I had to work that night in Buffalo. But you guys got – so what happened? You're My uh, my hip is, is pretty jacked up. That's why I'm out here in L.A. Yeah. I'll be here until Wednesday. I'm having some uh, stem cells and synovial fluid injections in my hip joint on Wednesday morning. Right. So that should be, ease the pain a little bit. I have two tears in my labrum, uh -huh. and because of that, it's causing some bone-on-bone. And it's just really painful, man. Is it? Yeah. Anytime I get stretched out or overextended in a stride, or uh, I, I just pay for it really bad. So, like, where do you pay for it? In the muscle, or where the muscle hits the bone? No, in in the actual joint where the where the oh wow the top of your bone goes in. You know, the ball and socket joint yeah. where, where your where your hip bones meet. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people have to get those replaced sometimes as they get older. Yeah, I mean, I gotta try to take best care of it so that doesn't happen. But. Are you worried about like like is that like a bigger worry than just having to step out of this fight? Um, you know, honestly, talking to the doctors, they think surgery is going to be like inevitable sooner. We're going to it's going to have to happen. But this will buy me a few camps, this uh, stem cell and stuff. Yeah. And, and let me do do my training a little bit pain, for, you know, less pain. But, uh, dude, I just if 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 it lasts me until the world championship, then I'm golden. Yeah, you know, that's all I want. I just want to be the world champion. Then you can cut my hips off and whatever. <laughs> you can cut my fucking legs off. You can fucking tie me to a skateboard. You can cut you know my arms and legs off. Yeah. Is that the th so like I was th I was actually talking to a friend of mine I called a friend of mine today who lives down in um, New Iberia actually on the way up here I was just you know excited you were coming in I was like hey man I got Dustin Poirier coming in today and um, 
and we were just talking about um like well i wonder what drives like a fighter at a certain point and do you think that the drive to fight has been different from when you started to where you're to what your kind of drive is now does it evolve because i can imagine as you get old like as you get older like you know when you're young you kind of like had that frenetic youthful energy and when you're an adult it's you get a little bit more articulate as to like what your plan is has any of that have you noticed any of that in yourself for sure man that's uh definitely a lot of a lot changes i had my first mixed martial arts fight when i was 18 years old yeah you know i'm 29 now so 11 years later you know i still have love for the fight but it's just i'm fighting for different reasons you know i've uh, found out the the first reasons i was fighting for i've discovered those things and found out more about myself and and now I'm here, you know, you, you mature and grow in the sport and as a person and I'm a father and, and a husband yeah. and stuff. Things change in your life. Right. Fighting, still fighting. But uh, yeah, I'm fighting for different reasons now. You know, I got people depending on me. That's the biggest motivation I could ever, ever have. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you feel that like that now you now it's like, yeah, I wonder sometimes I guess would you have to evolve for different like not passions, but different things that drive you. Yeah. And uh like I said, man, I got mouths to feed and I'm trying to leave a legacy. I'm at a point in my career where the next moves are, is, is, is huge, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. yeah do you think, yes, yeah, you start thinking about like, you know, Michael Bisping, he does, a, um, you know, he does, uh, actually I was watching an interview you did with him the other day, which was pretty funny. It was after one of your fights. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, he's works with Fox now and does fights stuff like that. Do you think about that kind of stuff or do you think about like, would you like to train maybe in the future, like train younger guys or do you have that, some of those thoughts? Uh, I, I'm going to be in fighting some, some way or another, but oh, like, yeah, I mean, I am this, this yeah. is what I am. But, um, everything oh, I, every, wild. everything I have in my life, dude, I, everything I have is from, from these two things right <laughs> here in, in my, in my brain. You feel me? I didn't finish high school. I, I, had you know low paying jobs yeah. you know and and now everything i have is is, is an empire built on off, off of fighting and chasing my dreams so i can't turn my back on this i'll never i'll always be part of fighting somehow yeah uh, training people is not a huge passion of mine but right. being part of the sport is like helping professional fighters is, is something that i would like to do yeah. but um like training families and, and kids and stuff it's in jujitsu i'll have a lot of buddies who open gyms and that's what they do now and right that's not a big passion of mine but you know Another five, six, seven years, we'll see. Maybe it will be. But right no. now, it's just, I'm, I'm addicted to the fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you, so, dude, so how, were you like, I mean, were you just devastated when you realized that you couldn't go in that fight, bro? Because that's, I mean, we, how did you feel, man? Yeah, it was co-main event, Madison Square Garden, pay-per-view. Oh, dude. It's a huge fight. It's huge. It's like exactly where <clears throat> things were headed. Right. And I took this fight because... It was a, it was like a fight for my legacy. It's Nate yeah. Diaz. He's really hot right now. You yeah, know, coming off of um, two of the biggest UFC pay per views ever b uh, before the Conor Khabib, and uh, it was just a, a crazy timing for this fight to come together. But it, it sucks. I had to pull out. But you know, I, I think that shows maturity on my part. You know, when I was younger, I probably would have kept going. I would have wouldn't right. said a word. I wouldn't have told my manager of the UFC that I was injured. I would have fought. And then, you know, but now I, I just gotta look at it as a whole. I'm trying to be professional with this. You know, I'm injured. Um, yeah. I can't run sprints. I can't throw kicks right now. So yeah, that's that's, that's a big part of my training. Oh, that's huge. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Yeah, I was watching some of your fights this uh, this past weekend, and like, yeah, it's like, dude, that kicking is fucking crazy. Like, how do you do that? Because you got to pay attention to somebody's hands, and then they got their fucking feet. <laughs> like, like you, usually, you don't want to throw. You want to put something in their face, throw punches or combinations, or make them think something else before you kick. You don't want to just throw dry kicks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, what does a dry kick mean? Just I, I just call it dry kick. Um, just a kick by itself. You usually want to set it up with something like put some, throw a hand combination or 
just something to, to distract them from the kick. Right. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying, dude. Yeah, I watched one. They had a fight that you had done with this guy, Cub Swanson, remember a while yeah. back? That dude looked like he, it looked like he had like nine arms, bro. That dude, it seemed like it was fighting like a, it looked like you were fighting 40 raccoons. That guy was just, it was like a, he's like a tornado or something, it seemed Yeah, like. he's a vet, man. Been around a long time. I grew up watching that guy fight. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, in WC, you know. He, would it be, so is it scarier if you grew up like watching a guy or do you have any thoughts like that when you go in? Like, is there any, is it? Is there any like fear about the actual guy, or is there fear about the the cage? Is there fear about the sp- like? What is that kind of like when you go into the fight? Uh, there's not a lot of f- of fear. It's just a lot of anxious energy, you know, yeah. um, the unknown. Um, but yeah, anxious energy. Yeah, just a lot of anxious energy. But but uh, a guy like Cub, you know, I. I take pride in fighting those kind of guys like oh yeah guys i grew up watching like him and eddie alvarez my last fight you oh know? yeah dude that guy's a journeyman that guy's fought like 40 times or dude, something. he's like he has every belt of every major organization yeah. you know and he's now he's going to one fc and chasing another one jesus but uh I, I take pride in that and I'm, and I'm happy with that because like they say you know work until idols become rivals and that's where we're at now you know i'm fighting these guys i've thought man i used to go to buffalo wild so wings cool. with my wife and be like well my god we're watching this guy you know and now I, i'm in the cage with them that's fucking so cool yeah, bro. yeah. It, Dude, that's insane. the same way i feel about comedy it's like sometimes i like i'll be in a green room and like rogan's in there or bill burr's in there and i'm like damn dude this is crazy and like and they're not looking at me like i'm a weird guy and right. i'm not the server <laughs> that's crazy yeah. so how um so like so you have this moment now where you so you have to step aside from this fight to make sure you're well and then what like so does, did you have to talk to Diaz before that, or how does that kind of break down? No, I uh, speak with my my management and then with the UFC matchmakers and stuff like that. Yeah, but this is a quick a uh, uh, a quick turnaround for me. If if my hip body takes good to the stem cells, they're saying I'll be training in three weeks. Oh wow! And and hopefully I'll be a lot less pain and range of motion will be better. And uh, we'll see. But but I'm gonna you know keep good energy and, and have yeah. a good mindset about it. I'm pretty sure it'll help me out. Yeah. Do you feel that so it was, now would the Diaz fight then be hopefully rescheduled or does he go on to fight somebody else? I don't even know how that works. It, it's different in every in every case, but I saw um interview Dana White saying he didn't want to rebook this fight. But uh if they do want to, I'm open for it for sure. Right. Yeah. So if they do want to rebook it, you'll just yeah, if you want to we move can, it to January, whatever, let's yeah, do exactly. it. Yeah, that, exactly. That's perfect. Right. Yeah. Damn, January's perfect, bro. <laughs> Get the holidays out of the way. Yeah, my birthday's January 19th, so try to get it in before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to celebrate. Yeah, man. Uh, so when you're at home right now, like, what's that like? I mean, you got the family life going on. I saw you guys have a beautiful little girl. Thanks. She's beautiful, man. Thank you, man. Um, And, and you met your wife in Louisiana? Yeah, in middle school. Oh, really? Yeah, Damn. crazy. Yeah, middle school, man. I haven't looked there in a while, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... And, and so you guys were just like sweethearts, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, been together off and on all through middle school, through her high school, while she was in high school, and then we got married, you know, at 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's so like South, that's so like, uh, like, that's so like kind of Louisiana, that's so that area you're from. People do that, man. Oh, that's awesome, huh? Yeah, that was, uh, we were watching some dolphins in Destin, Florida. That was after this last fight, we went on a little vacation. And does your daughter know that you fight? Does she think you wrestle? Like, does she have any thoughts? Does she's, she see she's, anything? She's putting it together now, man. Because, like, when I leave the house, she says, Dad's punch, punch. Like, she knows I'm going. <laughs> right. She goes to the gym. She hits the bag. She knows about it. She, yeah. she puts on my MMA gloves and boxing gloves and runs around the house trying to hit me. Oh, that's she, cool. She, I don't know if she can put it all together, but she knows I do something with ass whipping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I know>. That's <laughs> great. 
So now with the so with the DS thing, man. Like, so you don't reach out. Did you reach out to him after? Was there any like communication after? Did he say that he was bummed out? Like, uh, he's talking shit, saying I'm faking an injury and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, people are gonna say what they want, you know, fans and him and whoever else. But I have two tears in my labrum. You know, like yeah. I can't fake this. You know, this is really, really painful. Right. And I, this was gonna be my fortieth fight. I've never pulled out of a fight or missed weight in my life. Like right. I'm not scared to fight somebody. Come on, yeah. you're ready to fight. This is how I eat. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Are, were you disappointed? So you're disappointed that this happened? Of course. Yeah, yeah. This is a huge blow to like what I had plans of. Yeah. You know, I, w- I was gonna beat Diaz and then challenge for the title beginning of next year sometime. I was hoping. Yeah. But uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. Do you guys have so well? well this will give you at least time, like over the holiday, like I guess over the holidays. Then you'll be able to like there'll be a lot of excitement probably amongst your family and like energy kind of moving up towards the fight. Yeah, and and it's you know I don't get to spend a lot of time home. I've been fighting so often since we moved back to Louisiana that I'm in the house a month, two months, and we're back in Florida wow. for two, three months, and then you know so at least I'll be home for the holidays most likely. And um, yeah, I have a nonprofit. I'm going to do something for uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, in Latvia, yeah, man, we're gonna make a donation to that too, dude. Oh, dope. Yeah, I saw it on your website. So awesome. uh, that's really awesome. And you, so yeah, it seems like a lot of that's part of your story. Like you like you you like like when you think about helping people. Like, is there a certain group that you think about helping, or like where do you think like help is needed when you think about that kind of stuff? So my nonprofit is just like um, whatever we think at the moment that we can help and make a difference in the in our local community we do it so right. i don't I have saw like, you guys were doing backpacks for kids and yeah, school supplies yeah. this year that's yeah we, awesome. we, did, we did that after the last fight 500 backpacks and school supplies for the whole school the whole middle school that me and my wife went to actually wow um, yeah dude, start a little dating club over there you actually know? bro yeah speed dating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh no nah, we just do whatever's happening in the community and yeah. right now thanksgiving's coming up and i'm back home so we're gonna do uh Full plates for Lafayette is is the name of, of the thing we're doing now, uh-huh. and uh, we're just gonna have a pickup a couple of days before Thanksgiving, and I'm gonna have you know you're from Louisiana, you know what a plate lunch is. Oh, dude! But I'm gonna have thousands. I'm gonna shoot for like three or four thousand plate lunches wow. filled with Thanksgiving food, and then people can just come pick them up. That's awesome. Whoever whoever man. needs it, that's that's what we're doing next. Cool, man. Well, we're gonna make a thousand dollar donation to that. Uh, that's incredible. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it too. That's so cool. I appreciate you being out here, uh, and I love that, man. Yeah, I think there's a like. And that's one thing I miss about being, like, at home a lot of times is just, like, out here everything is so, like, separated, bro. Yeah. Shit is so, it's just, like, everything's, like, work out here and you don't get a lot of feeling of, like, familiarity and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. My wife was just talking about it the other day when we got back home because I've only been home for uh, a week or, you know, and I had to leave again, obviously, to come here. But we went to the grocery store and she was saying, like, how how nice people are, you know? and like Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just so different in, like, Miami area or I'm sure out here I haven't been here long enough, but people are just so quick, quick, you know? Out out there, back in Louisiana, man, it's it's people want to know what's going on. They want to talk. They want to help you out. Yeah, it's for the just most more part. relaxed. Yeah. yeah, for the most part. Um, what do you guys have planned for the Halloween? Well, my daughter's finally old enough to to know what's going on and dress up. So we're gonna bring her around the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were at home last Halloween, so she was only one years old then. But. And do you dress up like a fight, like in your like fight stuff when you go to for the Halloween? No, nah, I don't do too much dressing up. Yeah, yeah. Just that's for the kids. Yeah, that's for the kids. Right man. on. What about when you were a kid? What was Halloween like when you were a kid? Oh, we actually got a question right here. This came in from this guy. Looks like he already lost a fight. <laughs> you can see this on the YouTube or not. Here, we'll listen to this one real quick. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Theo. Big fans of both of you boys. And I was just wondering if you had any good Halloween stories or uh, memories that you'd like to share and what you're going to dress up as this year. Thank you. <laughs> good luck to both of you. There you go. Good timing. 
Yeah, good timing, man. I uh, I'm not, I'm not dressing up, man. Uh-uh. Nah, I'm not dressing up. Now, what if your daughter wanted you to dress up? When bro? she's old enough to ask me and 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 really want me to, then what, that's a different story. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about she, stories back in the day? I don't really, dude. I don't. Never, never dressed up. Nah, I mean, <laughs> really? nah. I don't have any memories of that, bro. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but do you remember like Halloween, like when you were at school and stuff? Like, like you know, they would. I don't really, <laughs> not, <laughs> not really. Yeah, I guess not, huh? But they do it over there, huh? Oh, for sure, big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't go to a whole lot of school, honestly, man. Really? Yeah. So did you like learn a lot at home, or what was going on there? Uh, yeah, I kind of. I started getting in trouble in middle school. Um, and when you say trouble, were you a fight? Were you just like fighting people? Yeah, stuff like that. Getting expelled from middle school for fighting Damn. and stuff like that. But I got put in a uh, alternative program and put back in the right grade. Yeah. And then I went to ninth grade. And then I got in a bunch more trouble and did a little bit of ninth grade in juvenile detention. And then I just didn't go back to the school. So, so do you think like what caused all of that? Because because you were probably the dude. Then if I was at school with you, I'd be like, "Fuck that guy's a fucking dick," you know? <laughs> or that guy's like, I'd be scared of that guy. Nah. Were uh, kids like, was it just like a kind of a tough environment or was it like you guys like just like to fight or what? Yeah, was I, I'm from Northside of Lafayette, Louisiana. It's a tough area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just always getting in trouble and, and scrapping and doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. And school just wasn't your thing. Nah, it wasn't yeah. my thing. And you got out. Yeah. Damn, that's freaking wild, bro. Just yeah, like, man. I'm looking out of here. <laughs> and that's back I actually you- got arrested for truancy for not going to school. Did you really? Yeah. 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 When in like eighth or ninth grade? Yeah. Mm hmm. Because there was some point I remember, like after eighth grade, first of all, like oh, like 70% of the black kids at our school were gone after eighth grade, bro. Like I didn't know where any of them went, right? right? If they weren't playing sports, a lot of them were out. And then, yeah, and after night, a lot of kids left. Like in Louisiana, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. A lot of kids just fucking jetted. Just bro. start working, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or just get in, like, especially if their family had a job or something like that. What kind of work did you get into? I uh, did cement work. I did. Uh building decks, construction work. And then I, when I was 18, I got a decent job with a buildings distribution company. Yeah. And we would go to job sites and like deliver doors and just brand new houses, everything they, they need, trim doors, windows. I, I, I did that for a couple of years. Yeah? Yeah. And, did, and at what point did you were like, man, this isn't for me? I, I was fighting during those oh, times. Oh, you already fighting? Yeah, yeah. I was fighting when I was 18. But I did that and I had benefits at the place. So I didn't want to quit the job because, you know. I was, do you have I was your lady making, like, with you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had to support that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was making like such little money that I, I was just working because I needed the benefits and I was fighting. So yeah. you know, damn, um, I was bro. still working. I was still working when I was fighting in the WEC. I think even in the UFC, I was still working. Was there a night? Was it what was that moment like where you're like, okay, now I at least make have enough income where I don't have to do a side job? Dude, was that that was huge part of my of of my life because yeah. I was like, I'm finally. You know, people run around and say they're a professional fighter, but they're not really feeding their family and and paying their bills being a professional fighter. Yeah, yeah. Technically, the they comedy. are. Yeah, right. It's like you 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 kind of say you are for a long time, but until somebody sees you fucking on a real stage on television or something, right. it's just like. But even then, I was on television. I was still working. You know. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I got to finally walk away from my my work and commit 100 percent to fighting, it was it was a, you know, I felt like the sky opened up and the sun was shining on me. Like we made it. You know, we we really have a chance at this. That's crazy, yeah. man. And the wildest thing about your profession, like at least. You know, in so many professions, you can kind of be anywhere, you know, there's a billion lawyers, you know, and there's a billion, you know, there's and there's tens of thousands of comedians. But in your profession, there's only like it just keeps getting smaller towards the top until you have the strap. Right. Yeah. And there's 
you know, lots of fighters nowadays. It's such a popular sport. Yeah. And it's not like we find out who the best is. You know, we fight each other and find out who the best is. So that's that's a pretty cool way of, uh, you know, filtering out everything. Yeah. When you look back at like a fight that you, if you could have a, another fighter do, do one over, it could even be one that you won or it could be one that you didn't. Uh, do you have any that pop into your head that you're like, oh, that one? Um, one that sticks out for sure is the Conor McGregor fight. I uh, just way too emotional. Yeah, you know? I just cared too much about everything going on and read too much about what people thought. And, and was he know. a celebrity at that point? Really? No, nah, not really. I mean, he was. He was right. A, a lot of people. He had a lot of hype around him, but he wasn't the guy he is now. You know? Right. Yeah. Now it's almost like he's. Uh, yeah. Now he's more of a celebrity. Oh, huge. Than a fighter. Yeah. Or not more than, but it's like equal. Also, equal. Yeah. And it's different. It's different when people become that. Or I notice anyway, like in stand up, like Dave Chappelle will come into the comedy club mm -hmm. and he's like a celebrity. You know, when he gets on stage and he'll, I mean, he's a funny guy, but he's, but if Bill Burr comes in, Bill Burr is a comedian. Like right. Bill Burr does his fucking job. He murders every time. Like Chappelle is a little bit more like, oh, look at me, where Bill Burr is like, sneaks in, does his fucking work really good and, and leaves, you right. know? I feel that. Um, for the love of the craft. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you start to see that in your in your line of work too? Like some guys when they become celebrity, like it seems different. Yeah, people change for sure. Yeah. Start making money. Um, people start running up to them for autographs, and and they start getting that you know recognition in public and stuff. People change for sure. Yeah, the ego is dangerous, huh? Yeah, man. Do you worry about that? Nah, because I'm in it for the scrap. You know, yeah. I, I try to walk away <laughs> from that type of stuff. You know, I'll, right? If I think if I see a bunch of guys wearing UFC shirts, I'll put the hoodie on and <laughs> kind of turn. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just want to win the belt. Yeah, I just want to win the belt, man. That's all I want. I yeah. just want to be the world champion. And then I'll go back to delivering windows. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that really that goal? I mean, is that – so that's the thing? That's the – you just want to be the best? Yeah, of course I would I would love to stay in this sport for a long time and make a shitload of money. But I just want to say that I did it. I want to have the UFC championship around my waist, you know, all these years with my wife struggling and, and taking food out of the out of the – grocery basket because we couldn't afford it and, and making ends meet and and you know sacrificing a lot i just want to say it was all worth it because yeah. once you become the world champion you know that's forever yeah and uh you know that's that's what i'm trying to do honestly damn that's powerful man that's really really cool that's so inspirational can you hear my crotch making a rustling sound i can't either my crotch is dead asleep right now that's because it's all softened up in these me undies me undies, man. It's like a just. It's like just tying a bunch of soft, chubby babies right around your junk. Me undies are the best underwear ever. They're made from micromodal fabric. It's three times softer than regular cotton. You know, cotton that comes in the top of vitamins. It's three times softer than that. Me undies has multiple fun prints, and each month they have matching socks and bralettes. So if your lady wants that bralette. You can get that bralette. 100% satisfaction going guaranteed you're going to love these underwears. And to get 15% off your first pair and free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to meundies.com slash weekend. And I'm telling you right now, my crotch is locked up in MeUndies. Go to MeUndies.com slash weekend for 15% off your first pair. It's a great gift. Come on, guys. Support the podcast. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Think, have you ever been in, in a space before? What did it look like? Do you remember? Could have been Square. 
from websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics. Squarespace. Squarespace. It's that all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. Look, if you have a business and it's just you're hoping people drive by or stumble in, or you're hoping there's a storm and everybody runs into your business to buy your product, that might happen. But what's definitely going to happen is people are going to see your product online. And Squarespace has that all-in-one platform to create a beautiful website, uh, domains, websites, online stores, marketing tools. It's award-winning 24-7 customer service. That means if it's 4 a.m., dude, you can wake up and get that assistance. Uh, you can head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash Theo Vaughn to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash Theo Vaughn to save 10% off Squarespace. Does your wife work as well? It's not really any of my business, but no, uh, she worked throughout my whole career. And then um, when we moved to Florida, she was actually in school in Louisiana. She followed my crazy ass dreams and pulled out of school, out of college, and uh, moved with me to South Florida. And then started working a, a normal job. And um, she worked until she had the baby. Yeah, yeah. And does she come to the fights or is everyone? It? Really, everyone, dude. My wife used to me and her in Louisiana. <laughs> I rode a bicycle to work. She, we would, you, we would both use her car. She would pick me up after she worked all day and bring me oh, to the gym. Dude, wild, she used to drive bro. me to like like Charles at these Motel Six. Dude, gunshots and stuff. And outside, she would do crazy, man. She's been my dog, man. Has she been? Yeah, she's been. She's she's, awesome, she's an bro. anchor, bro. Yeah, she, I wouldn't for sure. I wouldn't be as as far in my career without her. Yeah, yeah. And because what is that? Because there's a you. You always have that home. That home is always there. It it, it is and. uh you know, just she just balances balances me out, man. And yeah. I don't no telling what I would be doing, you know, if I wasn't married all these years. I'd probably be cutting up and getting oh, into yeah. trouble and not as focused. Oh yeah, definitely not as focused. But I have a we have a team, me and my wife. Not to sound cheesy with this, but we have a team and and we had goals that we set. Right. And, and uh, no, you know, well, look, it's working, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a huge part of my my fighting success. My wife for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nick, do you have something? Yeah. Uh, so. Going first of all, I want to thank you for especially the Eddie Alvarez two and Joseph Duffy. I won a lot of money on you. Uh, you, were, yeah. you were almost a two, <laughs> two to one underdog on Joseph Duffy. That was absurd. Uh, but uh, so thank you. But uh, going back to that Connor fight when you were fighting at one forty five, like how much are you depleted fight night? Do you feel fresh by and now you're at one fifty five? Are are you fresh by fight night when you cut that much weight, or does it have an effect on your performance? I'm sure it has some some effect. I don't feel it as much at 55, mm -hmm. even though I'm, I'm cutting a lot of weight to make 55. 55 is not easy anymore. Mm -hmm. This last fight with Eddie Alvarez, fight night, uh, I left the place I was staying at to go to the arena. I was 178, so Damn. I put on you know, tw 23 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm still cutting a lot of weight, mm -hmm. um, but at 45, I felt really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is it? You just feel like weak, like there's not a lot of water in your cells, so you're probably... You kind of... For me, I, I, maybe... People's symptoms are different. I just felt a little off balance. I, I felt like foggy in the head. Yeah. Um, I felt my muscles would get fatigued when I when I would squeeze. Like they would, just a pump would come really quick, and I it just weird feeling in my whole body. It felt a little flat footed sometimes. Yeah. Like I put the weight on and my muscles didn't suck it up. It was just like in between my skin, kind of. Mm. It's a weird feeling, man. It felt jiggly almost. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you have you noticed? Do you are you like really in tune with your body? Like, can you kind of like because you're constantly? I mean, your body is your. It's your occupation almost. Oh, I'm burying two in my body. Yeah. yeah. 
So you can kind of feel all the time what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it, it, do you, are you more weary these days of like pushing the envelope sometimes because, you know, as you, you know, you're 29 now, as you get older, it's like, yeah, it's like the years start to become crucial. You know, in the last few years, I've noticed like when I was younger, I can train every day, three times a day, as hard as I want and be fine, wake up the next day and, and do whatever. But now, like if I have a hard sparring session, I, I wear that, that, you know, bumps and bruises for a couple of days after that. Right. So, so my training kind of... Uh, like a bang over kind of. Dude, like... Like a hangover, but for fighting. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, like when you were young, you could drink every night, wake up and oh, yeah. start over, right? Yeah, you could do whatever you want. Well, you could cut your fucking leg off when you were young. This <laughs> <laughs> would grow back, I felt like. It was yeah. a different time. Yeah, bang over, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, bang over. Yeah. Um, so, it, so if this fight... So after this stem cell stuff, you'll know if you're ready to rock again then. Yeah, I'm going to talk to the doctor again um, Tuesday, they said, and then I'll go in Wednesday morning. But uh, everybody reacts differently to stem cells. Hopefully, my body reacts really well to it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it takes a lot of the pain away and gives me back my range of motion, it takes some of the inflammation out. Um, but I'll be back in three weeks to training. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I got stem cells. It's where they take your blood out and then take the cells out of it and inject them into you. That's PRP. Oh, that's PRP. That's yeah. what I got. I got that in my hair. Yeah. Just to keep this fucking, fucking class going, dude. bro. <laughs> keep that shit up, bro. <laughs> dude, you, I mean, I fucking feel like I'm a squirrel master. Bro, if I get hunted, if I was down by you, I might get hunted. <laughs> I feel like. Fucking Daniel Boone. Dude, it's kind of crazy when I go outdoors in Louisiana, if I'm out at night, bro, and I'll turn around, there'll be a lot of raccoons behind me. <laughs> I swear to God, bro. Oh, man. When's the last time you've been tiki tubing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. No. Wow, what is it? Now that's that's right around your area, up Denham Springs area. Oh, tiki tube? Yeah, man. Tiki what is that when people get tiki torches and go? No, tubing? no, no, no. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. Uh, I don't know. It's like I don't know if it's a river or some stream that's miles long. People go up there with their. They have like. Oh, the ice chest, yeah, and all yeah, that? and the yeah, shit yeah. floats down. It's like a slow look. There you go, tiki tube and Denham Springs. Man. Oh yeah, dude. I've been. I thought you brought that mullet out there a time or two. I, I was wrong. <laughs> Dude, we went You're not in, from uh, Louisiana. We, we went in the Boga Chitter River, right? This is like, which I don't even know if it's a river. I honestly feel like it's an outlet from a business. I feel like it should be definitely shut down, like condemned. <laughs> and I remember one time we're like going and there's like this bend in the river. And this dude is out there with a girl and they're just shooting a gun into the water, right? And they're on a date. It's like this guy. It's like That's romantic, like, bro. Yeah, it was romantic, bro. You go here popping off. So we start coming around this bend and we keep getting closer and they're just still shooting into the water. You know, this guy's obviously trying to fuck. <laughs> so I'm yelling. I'm like, hey, bro, can you guys stop shooting the gun? And the guy yelled back. He's like, why? <laughs> because there's literally like 20. It's going to almost be like a game you would see at a carnival where like, you know, people are trying to get those little ducks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. We, we had, That's Louisiana, man. We had two being in, in Wisconsin on the Apple River, and that was Wisconsin's uh, Mardi Gras, basically. They were just like, people had beads, and girls got wild. And uh, for some reason, at the end of the river, there was always a Jack Johnson concert. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, uh, do, what do you miss about growing up in Louisiana? Like, do you miss anything about being young? Or do you feel like, was that the best time of your life? Is this the best time of your life? I mean, they're, they're both awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, was y'all's family pretty close? My family was my, my like my mother and uh, her mom and dad. We were close there, but my family was kind of spread out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I kind of miss the uh, the innocence of the beginning of my fight career. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I, I kind of miss that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a fun time in my life. But uh, growing up in Louisiana was fun, man. You know, picking pecans and getting into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting that? Like, I start to think about that, too. Like, I didn't realize that, like, the journey part of it right. was, like, the crazy, was going to be the craziest part. Right. 
you know, now it's a little bit more like business. It's still fun. Yeah. You know, even with comedy, you know, like not to compare them, but it's still exciting. Like, you know, the shows and the, right. you know, and the preparation and the, and doing the little shows to get to the big shows. Right. But the, yeah, but the like, I remember hanging my groceries outside of like, I was in Kansas City one winter and I would buy groceries and then hang them out of the, it was freezing outside. So I'd hang them out the window at night to fucking keep cold <laughs> and then bring them in in the morning to thaw out and then eat lunch, you know? But <laughs> it was like, things like that were going to be the best, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure, man. Like the struggle it's a journey, sometimes. Bro. Yeah, the yeah, journey. Yeah. The journey's kind of the wildest part. Right. But it's all still fun for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. So how many more fights do you have to have to get to the, to, to get to the belt? We'll see. I, I mean, uh, I think I'm, I'm ranked number three right now. So it's Khabib as the champ, then Tony Ferguson, then Connor, then me. Yeah. Um, Connor just fought Khabib. Tony probably is, is going to fight Khabib next. So I'm after that. Right. Yeah. So now, so why was Diaz the fight that you got that you got put into? Then if he's not in those three, he's ranked a ten, I believe. Oh, yeah. It is? was just a fun fight. That I mean, sometimes you get the right matchups that you know are going to be a banger and this one's yeah. one of them you know this damn one dude i met his brother one time bro and i was that that guy was wild enough man uh, <laughs> nick diaz yeah 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 man they got something like uh yeah they're fighters man for sure they're fighters no doubt about it do you think about when you go in now is it more about like do you think about like do you prepare for the fighters weaknesses and, and strengths or is because i'm watching some fights when you were young and it was almost like letting like a dog loose from one side of the ring you know right like you know uh when somebody's dog we get loose and suddenly it was fucking coming at you yeah you can't do nothing about it you just, <laughs> can't do nothing yeah, about just scream it. yeah that's it bro <laughs> it was like all you can fucking do is scream You're watching a like watching a car wreck you yeah just, oh shit like damn this car's just gonna keep on yeah. wrecking bro um <laughs> Do you, is there more strategy involved now? Yeah, this is uh, it's definitely an art now. Back in those days, it was just it was a fight, and it still is a fight, but it's definitely more technical, man. We we break down footage. My coaches do. We train specifically for certain guys, and uh, that's one good thing about American Top Team. There's so many guys there. Yeah, that like if I'm fighting a Diaz, we have tall guys who I can spar with. Oh, we have dope. we have southpaws. We have he, he's you know obviously a really good jiu-jitsu practitioner. We have guys who are great in jiu-jitsu, a lot of black belts on the mat. So like all bases are covered when you're at a big camp like that. That's yeah. one of the benefits. That's one of the values. Yeah. Did uh did Platinum Mike Perry ever be down there? I've never seen him there. No. You haven't? That no. guy's wild, bro. I think he I think he trains a lot in in uh, northern part of Florida maybe. Yeah, he's, he's in, in New Jackson Mexico Week now. Okay. Is he? Yeah. Is there any fighters out there that like people don't know about that are like, you know, like is the toughest guy you've ever met is it is that been in the cage or is, has that been in the streets, you think? Uh, I don't do any street fight. I haven't been in a street altercation, maybe like the gym or something. There, there's incredible guys that you've never heard of coming from all over, man, that I run into in the gym um, that are, you know, for, uh, hopefully they make a name for themselves or get a break and, and get that moment of spotlight where they show who they are. But there's lots of great, you know, everybody who's in the UFC has made it there and then they're incredible fighters, but there's so many guys out there that haven't made it there yet or that are fighting on smaller shows that are just as good as a lot of these guys yeah yeah dude <clears throat> do um do you, so when you say like get a break like what kind of break has to kind of happen like do you have to have a manager that gets you a fight like how much of that kind of stuff goes on behind the that's scenes? a little bit of politics of course but like beating the right guys yeah. um maybe let's just say there's a matchmaker for the ufc who's watching this up and comer and uh you're his opponent you go out there and and beat his ass like, yeah not, now the matchmakers are looking at you like wow who's this kid like that kind of break just the right matchups the right eyes on the fight yeah the right the right platforms to to really show who you are yeah and, but nowadays man there's so many uh streaming organizations that are on online and they have fight pass that, oh, are, yeah. that are giving all these guys uh 
a place to fight where, where a lot of eyes can see it. So there's a lot more opportunities now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I remember when I was, they had this thing for a while. It was like gay dudes were fighting at bars, right? And they would set up like a ring or something. And they would have two gay dudes with fist fight. And, uh... And people would bet on it and shit. I remember that, dude. I yeah. think that was, yeah, when I was at LSU for a while. Wow. I don't know what happened to that shit. It might have got shut down. It, cockfights. <laughs> yeah, it was cockfights, I think. <laughs> I think it was like really AAA, you know? Um, do you think that you could fight an animal ever, bro? Do you think it's ever going to get to that? What? <laughs> like a bear? All right, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you think, like, I thought, like, if like you could... Like a kangaroo with gloves on? Like, yeah, if you could fight, yeah, could you fight a couple of animals? i fucking body shot that thing. <laughs> could you, would you really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I would... Can they kick? What's the rules? I don't know. That's a good question. What is the rules? <laughs> yeah, I, sometimes I just wondered that. Like, if you, like, if I was a fighter, right? That's what I think about. Like, if I was a fighter, you know, and I could fight, and when then I would st stop thinking, like, oh, would I quit fighting people? Yeah, and want to start fighting animals. That's you know? the Nate Diaz kangaroo. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It, it did look He's, like Nate Diaz a little. <laughs> pull up the uh, Nate Diaz kangaroo side by side. That really was the one. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Are you amazed sometimes how some guys look like they could look like they can't fight and then can totally fight? Yeah, that's one thing I learned early. Like, you know, looks are, you know, if a guy looks strong for the most, like, there you go. Right. Oh, wow. That's wild. <laughs> They're identical. That is very <laughs> similar. Virtually identical. <laughs> that is very similar, bro. Yeah, a lot of times, like, you'll see a, a stringy, lanky guy, not a lot of muscle definition, and then you get on the mat with him, and you're like, guy's incredibly strong, <laughs> you know, or you'll see a, a guy who's got huge muscles, and, and then you go with him, and you're like, this guy's not really that strong. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that's for show. I mean, most of the time, a guy looks big and strong. He, he, he is but that's like it doesn't transfer over to grappling and fighting. He might be able to lift a lot more weights than you, but like functional squeezing and 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 technical stuff, it's not the same. Right. Yeah. That Do one punch is still there. Like if a guy's really big, he's probably gonna have a good shot. Yeah. But uh, it won't last long, and and then the muscles don't translate when you grapple. What was like? Did you have like a? Do you have like a? Ever have like a plan when you first started to have like a finishing move? You know. Dude, honestly, I, I trained my whole career just to finish any way I can with strikes, submissions. I, I, I never once game plan to go to the judges or win round by round. I just fight. I, I most of my fights, I've I've never really had a solid game plan. Really, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I just like to fight. You like to fight? Yeah, I just like to fight. So for you, it's like you're just you get a feeling you're you are in a fight, right? So if the guy kicks a lot, we kind of prepare for that, but I'm not putting together crazy stuff that that. You know, we just get ready for a lot of kicks. Or if the guy boxes well, we we do a little bit extra boxing. But I don't, I don't, I know some coaches go crazy with game plans. Like we're gonna jab, and then we're gonna put him against the fence and take him down. And like I never done that. Right. Just fight, and hopefully opportunities present themselves, and I capitalize. And I kind of trust myself in combat. I've been, like I said, uh, this is gonna be my 40th fight with Nate Diaz. I've got a lot of time in there. You right. know, in, in that. Right in that, yeah, it just, in that, ugh. yeah, yeah. Is it fucking violent, bro? When they close that shit up, have you ever heard them like? Does it make a sound when they close the cage door? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. it's metal. The, you hear the metal? So scary, bro. <laughs> Dog, I will fucking look for a trap I'm door. Sure, I'm sure, like the same thing when you're on stage at a, at a comedy show, like the, all the lights are on you, right? So the crowd yeah. looks really dark. Yeah. So it's like that in the cage. Is it it's really? like it's really light, light up. Everything's lit up, and you kind of look at through the fence. You can't really see anything out that much. Damn. You know, you see like the first row, but yeah. it's just like. Yeah, oh, spotlights wow. Yeah, on that's you. really similar. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So then you're just in there. You just and you can can you see to do some guys is like can you tell when a guy is lasered in and can you almost see when you look in a dude's eyes in the ring like can you feel if you think he's been training hard if he's been focused does all that kind of come into that moment or is it still it's different for everybody some guys are like that they're looking at you and they're really intense and, and all that and you get in there and you whip their ass and then they you know but some guys don't want to make eye contact they're kind of staying to themselves and then the, the bell rings and they're maniacs trying to trying to take you out right everybody's different i think it's more of a personality and personality thing when you're fighting are you looking somebody in the eyes or are you is it is it more of this kind of uh, this wider kind of view that's going on or yeah. something i mean eye contact is made for sure but i'm kind of uh like all my senses are engaged i'm just kind of the whole picture i'm i'm, I'm seeing yeah and are you at this point in your career are you thinking or is a lot more of it like react it's just natural it's a flow almost you know, it's just a flow. The only times I really start to think a lot is um, in positions like against the fence. If we're both clenched right. up or, or like I get a takedown and we're on top, we have like moments of clarity in there where things kind of slow down. I'm just like, yeah. oh shit, I can hear Joe Rogan talking right now. He's right there. Wow. Yeah. But then it goes back to the to the craziness. Um, I, I don't feel like you have time to think, you know? You're doing what, you, what you're what trained to do. There's, there's a tiny bit of thinking, but if I can explain it to you, think about this. If you're driving on the interstate. Right. And, and, and somebody slams the brakes and you see red lights, do you say, I need to hit my brakes now too? No, you, no it's too saying. late. You, 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 know, you don't have time to think. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. That's kind of what fighting is. A guy punch at, I don't say, well, there's the punch. I'm going to slip it and, and counter. You just do it. You know, I'm just like hitting the brake. I just do it. I've done it so many times. It's muscle memory and my brain and, and it's just what I do. Yeah. yeah. So do you feel more comfortable in a fight than say like, like what's something you would feel like uncomfortable in? Um... Uh, speaking in front of a lot of people, I guess, would probably be a, a big one. Right. Um, You'd rather like be the thought, a... I, Once I'm doing it, I wouldn't probably have a problem, but the thought of doing it yeah. is like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so you'd rather be in a fight than be in a public speaking? Yeah, fighting, I mean, oh, damn, yeah. That's fucking crazy to me, man. <laughs> the absolute last thing I would ever want to fucking be in is a fight. Bro. Dude, I'd rather fist fight a kangaroo than, than go do a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's next is going to be a league that travels around and it's going to be men fighting animals, dude. What about 40 foxes? You think you could fight 40 foxes? 40? Baker's dozen, I guess. <laughs> give a good <laughs> shot at. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take another call that came in. For sure. Theo, huge fan, brother. I wanted to ask Dustin. I'm a huge fan. I live in uh, Youngsville, Louisiana, so uh, not far from him. One, uh, what's your favorite place to eat at here in the Lafayette area? Don't say Eno's because I know that's your boy. And then second, I mean, I know you have the Diamond Training Center, but I was curious as to, you know, I guess future business opportunities that you were maybe looking into establishing here in the Lafayette area post-MMA career. So killing it. Love y'all. Yeah, man. What's up? What's up? Yeah, dude. I live in Youngsville. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm always at the Rouse's and... Uh, I love Rouse's, bro. Oh, dude. It's a spot. Dude, Rouse's is the best, man. Yeah. Out, yeah, Rouse's has everything. And you think it's not going to be good when it first opened up. I was like, this shit's all just going to be like... But it's good, though. No, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I missed it, man. And when I, I was in Florida for a while and I haven't been back to Louisiana and then I fought in New Orleans and yeah. there's that Rouse's right by the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. It was so awesome, man, to just walk back in there and smell that. Smell that crawfish in the air? Yeah, they got everything in there. Right. But uh, I, I like uh, Prejean's and Karen Crow. Uh, I like that spot, but he's right. Dino's is good pizza, man. My buddy owns that place. Um, 
I don't know what business ventures I'm going to, I have the Diamond Training Center, but that's like, I don't make money with that. That's just a gym, a private gym I have where local guys come, we open the door, train, clean yeah. the mats and just have fun training. Um, but I really like beer. Maybe I'll do something with some beer. Uh, I um, I don't know, man. We'll see. I got a cool idea for a, a, a TV show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Where I travel around and, and train at gyms and go to local places to eat. Oh, that sounds yeah, really yeah. cool, Yeah, I, I, I got it up here, man. I just Nobody's done yeah, that, yeah. man. That'd be dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, I wonder what it would be called, man. It would be called Food Fight. Ooh. <laughs> I like that, bro. Yeah. Bro, off the beaten path places, too, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, shit, you got to catch with your face to eat it. You know what I'm saying? Know? Yeah, 40 yeah. foxes, bro. Right. We might have to <laughs> cut, least this, cut this part out so it's no one's. Oh, yeah, so idea. you keep your idea, too. <laughs> yeah. To that should be all the, over. It really will, man. Food yeah. Fight's a great idea, actually. I want to do, like, so say I go to Louisiana. We, we go to a boxing gym then we go to some local spots or we go to new orleans i go to i got a bunch of buddies who have gyms like any gym in the u.s like mm -hmm. i'll be able to get into yeah you know just because i've been fighting so long and i know so many people yeah but i'd like to do like what's around that city like if i go to philly we'll go to a bunch of boxing gyms then we'll hit a bunch of cool spots right and, and kind of learn the gym story and yeah. then some restaurants around their story i like that you know and what it's like what at what guys that are training what mma guys are eating what ufc guys are eating you know like well i'd like it to be like not not so much the healthy stuff, uh -huh. but like the local spots that only these guys who who live at this gym and train there know about. Right, like yeah, yeah, to keep it grassroots. Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, do, is there a lot of pride from your area? Do there's a lot oh, of support for you, dude? And, and cr it's amazing. I mean, you know how Louisiana gets behind sporting events or, or oh, yeah. athletes, dude. Like LSU or anything. That's one thing I can say about Louisiana that I missed being away is like Louisiana supports Louisiana. Yeah, like like uh, yeah yeah. Any, any, if you're from Lafayette, everybody's behind you. Everybody loves you. Um, you know, it, it's a good feeling to have that sense of community. Yeah, yeah. Especially over there where you guys are. Like my area is more like just rural white kids. Like our area was just kind of white and black. It was, you know, we had some rednecks, but we didn't have a lot of like, you know, where you guys are. I feel like everything is a fucking recipe. You know what I'm saying? For like sure, everything. Man. Like if water floods in the house, then that's soup. You know, you know it's like it's just that kind of place. You For know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and family is like, and family's super important in Louisiana. That's another thing, right? Like people don't care. Like their dreams and stuff are important, but some people's dream, their whole dream, is just to spend time with their family. Yeah, and that's beautiful in in itself, man. Yeah, but I think that's just the culture there. Like in in Lafayette, the area I'm from is Cajun country. You know, yeah. that's where all the Acadians are. Oh um, yeah, you know, so it's just a really good group of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that area, that area is a lot of fun and a lot of good people from over there. No too. doubt about it. A lot of good food. A lot of athletes too. Yeah, for sure. A lot of great high school football. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I miss Louisiana, dude. I miss it. I, I love Nashville too. Have you been to Nashville? Never been to Nashville. Oh, bro, Nashville's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have like the same kind of. It's more like kind of fancy South a little bit, but it has. Uh, I mean, there's some fucking just. I mean, it just still has like a lot of like uh, family first type of stuff. You right, know, right. that's why like, when I get out here, I'm just like, I feel like everybody, I don't know. Family's not as important, you know? Yeah. But I think it's just because it's more of a city and this is more of a place where people come to work. It's business. It's business. Yeah, yeah. It's business out here, it's man. Business. No, yeah, and, and Lafayette, dude, or Louisiana in general, like everybody's, like I said, supports local. If you go into a bar and there's Louisiana beer, that's what people are ordering and drinking. You yeah. Know, if there's home homegrown Louisiana food, that's what they're ordering. That's what they want. Know? Yeah, it's just, I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Do you uh do you feel do people like do you get a lot of hard heads that come at you because you're a fighter that want to take on Poirier? 
I don't put myself in those kind of positions, honestly. Right. I don't go to like bars really and, and stuff like that's that that, that much. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. Probably out drinking and stuff. It would happen a lot, but that never happened. More on Twitter. Yeah. There's a lot of tough guys on the internet. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. The internet's fucking filled with idiots, yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> Knuckleheads, man. That'd be another Not show. in person, never. No, never no, in never. person, bro. Never. Oh, it's the worst. Was there ever an injury that you, like where you hit a guy where you were like, oh man, this is, like you almost, like you didn't feel, like you knew it was part of the fight, but you're like, oh fuck, I feel bad about that. No, never. No. No. That's not it. No. It's not part of it. No, it can't be. Right. Mm-mm. So, so there's if, no room for that, man. There's no room for that in no, it. No, when I get in there, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, that goes back to like me saying I'm not looking to, to ink out rounds and win a decision. When I get in there and the bell rings, yeah. I'm trying to finish you or you're going to finish me. It's like, that's all it is to it. This is combat. Right. You know. And how hard, so how hard is it now to have that patience to wait for that Diaz fight, to wait, like, you know, because that's like, I mean, that's, it's just, you know, I feel like it's, it would just stress you. It, it, it is, but I'm honestly a little proud of myself, man. When I was younger, this would have felt like the end of the world. Oh my right. God, this was such a huge fight. It's not coming together. What, what am I going to do? My, everything's falling, things falling apart. apart. Oh my God. Now I'm just like, ah, it's just more time. Yeah. It's just, everything happens for a reason. If they want the fight, it'll come back together. If not, we'll move on. But we're in a good spot. And yeah, there's know. only a couple guys left you can fight. Right. And, and, just take it in stride, man. I'm gonna get my. I just want to not be in pain. You yeah. Know? I just. I just like I said. I have people depending on me, and I need to give myself the best shot at at being a world champion. And to do that, I need to be healthy and be able to train like I need to train. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Cormier is from Louisiana. Do you guys ever Same communicate or no? Really? Yeah. Yeah. We we talk all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a big. guy. I never met him. He's a big guy. Probably. Not much taller than me. He's round. He's round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he seemed like an ottoman. You ever try to? You ever have an ottoman? You try to push an ottoman over, and you can't really get it over. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about the oh, thing yeah, you oh, put yeah. your feet on. Uh-huh. I feel like it would be like a like three ottomans, just like stacked on top of each yeah. other. Man, yeah. is he a pretty cool guy? Real cool. He Real seems cool really really cool, yeah. man. Um, does uh, do you talk to other guys? Like, say, like you're gonna fight Diaz. Will you talk to other guys that have fought him? Um, if there's somebody in my camp who's fought him, then we would talk, but I don't go, I don't go like searching, you know, or, or trying to find somebody's input. Yeah. Yeah. But if like, like I said, if there's somebody at the gym who's fought him, uh, they'll give me some input. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, do you, uh, do you like when you're envisioning it, are you just thinking about the fight? Do you like, do you have any like mental stuff where you like envision like after the fight? Um, like, do you have any sort of like, uh, I guess stuff where you kind of like go through things in your head kind of or what's some of your procedure yeah um you know fight week i think uh, i try to focus a lot on being in the moment like tomorrow's gonna come mm. like you know sunday after the fights i'm gonna go home to my family everything's gonna be uh, okay but i just need to focus on right now yeah you know, not yesterday not tomorrow i just need to be right now in the moment be aware of everything be okay with myself, be just, it's a weird feeling, but but I, I know how I need to feel and I know my mindset, how it needs to be. That's a huge part of fighting is mindset. Yeah. It took me a long time to realize that. Really? Yeah, it's, I mean, the biggest weapon you can have. Wow. Yeah. And so do you see it on some of the younger guys now? You're like, oh, I used to be just like that? All the time. How all funny the time. is that? Yeah, all the time, man. I'm like, just hearing stuff, not not only the way they act in practice, but some of the stuff they say. Yeah. I'm like, man, God. what a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, that's one thing. It's it's kind of interesting how like as you get as you get more up in your field or as you spend more time in it, yeah, just looking back and being like, man, especially when you said like, oh, I would have thought that that was the end of the world and everything. What I can remember when yeah, I was a young was. fighter, I lost a fight or got hurt in practice or something didn't come together. Or our sponsor fell through the way I, I didn't think it was gonna come in, and like 
I thought it was the end. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my god, this is such a huge. What am I gonna do? This is, it matters so much. And man, you know, I'm a fighter. This is, having a daughter has helped me a lot. It's put put things into perspective. Really, fighting is just something I do. I love it, and right. I'm passionate about it, and I'm addicted to it, and I want to be the best in the world. Right. But at the end of the day, that's just fighting, man. Right. I'm a father. Right. And uh, she has a life, and and I'm a husband and a son. Like that stuff. It took me a long time to realize that, but mm. that stuff is is and 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 looking at it this way, yeah, caring less, yeah. giving you know, caring less about uh, fighting. I feel like I'm a better fighter now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's powerful, man. It took me a long time to realize that, man. That's powerful stuff. And do you think some of that stuff is just stuff that comes with age? Yeah, I'm Dustin Poirier. Right. Fighting is just something I do. Right. Right. And 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 I know that now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bad motherfucker though. I know that too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's fucking wild, bro. Imagine waking up in the morning and being a bad motherfucker. I could never imagine. Every morning. <laughs> I know, dude. Never goes Every away. Every morning, bro. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. Fuck, dude. I want to fight Nick. <laughs> um, when you, uh, after the fight, is there something? I was thinking about this, man. Like, it's so rare, like in my life, that I have things physically that make me feel like alive. After a fight, whether you win or lose, I was looking at some pictures of you after a fight. One of them, you had like a, like, uh, I think you might have had a crutch or something. I mean, I don't even know. Or it, you were sitting on a table or something. Just some couple different pictures, and I was like, man. And I couldn't tell if you'd won or lost the fights, right? Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know which fights they were from. But I was just like, fuck, he looks so alive. Like, there must be, is there something that just, like. To get, to get in front of, well, I guess any fight, if nobody's watching, it's just so pure combat one-on-one -on -one, man-on-man yeah. -man, just you know fighting to the finish nobody's jumping in it's just you you guys are going to handle this business and somebody's going to get beat up yeah and, and uh that's so pure and like after you go through that it's almost spiritual you know after a fight that's it's like it's almost like. spiritual like i just i'm a i elevated my life i walk away from fights like i'm a different person i have a different view of the world like it's it's, it's weird man it really is i can, I can, it's, dude, I can and it's a rush that. i can only get from that Right. Yeah. Win, lose, or draw. The next day, I get on that airplane to go home or to go wherever we're going, and and I just feel like I just went through a spiritual journey, you know. And that's win, lose, or draw. You feel that same kind of you yeah. have that same moment mm -hmm. where wow, I went through. Uh, I, you know, winning is is obviously the best thing. It's yeah. like a trip or something. Like you're tripping. Yeah. You can have a good trip or a bad trip. Yeah. Obviously, losing is the you're on a bad trip. Right. But it's just that it's just a high that you're on, and you can only get it from that. And. uh Ah, it's just it's it's a crazy thing to do, man. I could imagine. It seems yeah, it would almost be like taking a drug or something. And, and back in the day, like I, I was saying about innocence, I, I kind of missed that innocence. There wasn't as much on the line. I was just fighting for the love of fighting. Yeah. Now there's bills on the line, and got to get home healthy to my daughter. None right. of that stuff was in my mind as a young fighter. Yeah. It was just you know, let's bleed. Yeah, you know, let's put on a show. Damn, for five hundred bucks, let's just hope nobody dies. <laughs> <That's like laughs> crazy. But now it's like uh, so much on the line. Every time I step in there, yeah, and it's it's spiritual, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that. It seemed like it would almost be like a native. Yeah, it almost seems like, yeah. It made me wonder when I look at that kind of stuff, and I just look at the pictures after. I was like, man, it seemed like no matter what, I I couldn't tell if you won or lost or whatever it was, but what if, yeah, you would learn something about yourself, you know? Yeah, you you, like they say, uh, adversity introduces a man to himself. Yeah. So when you win, you you learn the whole camp, but when you lose, you learn a lot about who you are too. Wow. And uh you know, I, I've lost five times in my professional career. Yeah, what have you learned, man? I mean, were there? Were I, there... I, I feel like every time I've lost, I've made huge adjustments 
and explored those reasons I've lost, and uh, I've always learned from it. Really? Yeah, every time, every single time. So you'll go back and even look at like, okay, this specific moment or two that uh, contributed to the loss, and you'll learn and 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 you'll become more aware specifically of that. You feel like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whether it was, if it was a, a technical. Thing I did wrong, then I go back and work on on ways to round that out and make everything smoother, not get in that position again. But uh, sometimes it's mental, you know. Yeah, yeah. The kicks piss me off, dude. I don't like when people kick that much. <laughs> I don't like dick kicks. Really? Yeah. People do that? No, oh, I mean not supposed to, but it happens. Really? Oh yeah. Are there people out there that just do it? Just that's I, part I, of their I, goal. I, there's probably people out there who do it to get a breather, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You get one warning, right? <laughs> yeah. Bang. Oh, you do? Oh, oh, yeah. I'll fucking burn that bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd burn that bitch at the start of the second right. round. It's like a free time out in there. A guy start dick <laughs> <Yeah>. kick. <laughs> yeah, let's run up and both kick each other in the dick real fast and take a break. You get a five minute, uh, <laughs> five minute break, man. Uh, and there's no timeouts or anything. No, of course not. Fuck. Yeah. That's Once so the bell wild. rings, you go. Yeah? Oh, yeah. You go. And do you, um, is there like a moment in the fight, say if like a, a fight goes five rounds, right? If it goes through all of them. Uh-huh. Is there a mo like, is there usually like kind of a flow to a fight or is it different every time? There, like if it goes five rounds, like if it. There's definitely different rhythms yeah. in, in fights, you know, um. You kind of know, after, well, me from fighting so long and, and having so many fights, like I know how I'm feeling in the fight, how we're matching up, what I'm doing, what I need to switch, things like that. Um, but every fight's different, man. Every fight is a different. Damn. Different With that, uh, between three and five round fights, are you pacing yourself more in the five or are you full speed? I think my last three or four fights have all been five rounds scheduled for five, and I fight the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I prepare differently. I try to get there a little bit lighter, so I'm not cutting as much weight. So like the fatigue doesn't set in over the you know, dehydration and stuff doesn't mess me up if we do go four or five rounds. Um, but I, I I fight from bell to bell, whether it's three rounds or five. When you it's so it's different seeing you like some of your more recent fights and your beginning fights. It's so different. Do you yeah. notice that when you watch them? Oh, for sure, big time. And I was a maniac. I was just throwing punches and. Eyes closed, swinging for the fences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One's like watching almost a kid, and one is more like watching a man. Do you notice that when you see him? Yeah, I, and I and it is that I grew up in this sport, so there's there's fights of me be, being a kid, and there's fights of me being a professional fighter, uh, feeding his family. You know? That's wild. Yeah. Um, do we have any more questions, Nick? That came yeah, in? yeah. There's a couple more. They're kind of silly, but let's take right. one, and then I just have one more question, and we'll probably be able to. All right. Oh, I had uh, one more actually. Is um, are there fights that you've had that were like on a card, but they weren't like pro fights that on your record, like in Louisiana, like just in a bar in a cage? <clears throat> so uh, everywhere's different. Um, and I didn't know that till I got out out of Louisiana. Um, in Florida, you have to have like they, they can't knee to the head, and you can't all, all kind of weird. You have to have bigger gloves, and you have to wear shin pads if you're an amateur. So I have nine fights in Louisiana that aren't on my pro record that are pro fights wow I mean, I, right yeah the same rules yeah small gloves knees you know some of them where you were allowed to elbow so i those just aren't on my record Word. yeah until to like and i've never really been out of louisiana but until i started traveling for fighting really yeah so getting on a plane to go fight somebody like damn First time on a plane is pretty crazy, you know? It's like the military. It's like Vietnam. It's like a lot of people, the first time they got on a plane was just to go fight somebody, you know? <laughs> Damn. But, yeah, here's our uh, last question then. I was wondering, arguably the greatest fight of all time, fighting this weekend, Art and Global. How do you think you must have been listening? Thank you, and good luck. 
<laughs> so for those that are only listening, he asked uh, with the greatest fighter of all time, Artem Lobov, coming up fighting the next weekend, how does Dustin think you would uh, do against him? The, if you want to give a little background. On the Artem. GOAT, Artem Lobov, <laughs> is uh, one of Conor McGregor's training partners. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching him fight, man. How would I match up against him? I would stop him. <laughs> but uh, who, who do you like to watch fight? I, I like to watch fighters fighters guys like nate diaz i like watching him fight his, yeah. bro- his brother um nick diaz yeah i like yeah. i like watching both of them eddie alvarez you know yeah. just justin gaethje some, some of the guys that i've fought are really fun guys that's the, that's why i take those fights so guys who i like to watch fight it excites me that's the kind of fights i want to be part of so really? that's why I, I fight a lot of those guys yeah Dang, dude. So now how many fights will you get presented that you will be and you might be like ah oh, not for me it happens a good bit probably then Guys that want to take a not, shot at you. Not as much as, as you think. Really? Yeah. It's not like they send me a, a list of five names and say, here's a here, pick a guy. Yeah. It's just kind of comes together at times. Right. You know, like, hey, this guy, um, it seems like it's a decent matchup and he's gonna be willing to fight. It just comes down to um timing. Hmm. He 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 wants to fight this month. You said you'll be ready to fight this month. You wanna do this, yes or no? That kind of that thing. Wow. It's not like I have a, a choice that that often but i'll ask for certain people yeah and then that's when they make it happen and do you so say if some come in will you like uh do you decide immediately usually what's your process do you kind of take a beat when they call me with a fight i call my coaches i say hey what do you think about this matchup and then we take the fight yeah yeah i've never turned down one you haven't no wow Pretty fascinating. You got this, uh, they got that Cormier Lewis fight coming up. Yeah, the Black Beast. <laughs> Dude, it sounds fucking crazy. I can't even believe they're going to let these guys fucking fight each Dude, other. Dude, and they're, Daniel, they're both taking it pretty, pretty uh, quick. You know, yeah. Lewis just fought, and Daniel was. He probably... fought two months ago at most. Yeah. 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 Does um what what happens in that? What is a negative about taking a fight quickly? The good thing is these guys are heavyweights, so they're not going to be far. You know, they they can weigh whatever up to two hundred sixty five pounds, so they're not going to have to cut weight. For me, it would be a scramble because I'm obviously going to be a lot heavier than I would be after a whole training camp. So okay. I'd have a lot of weight to cut. You got to go in there and cut it up. Oh yeah, that would be really bad. You know, um, but you don't get time to train for the opponent. Yeah, you know, you don't get a lot of those sparring rounds and a lot of mat time that preparing for a specific style. There's lots of downfalls to taking short fights like that. What do you see happening in the uh, in the Lewis Cormier fight? I think Daniel's going to take him down. I mean, he's not going to take the risk of throwing punches with a real heavyweight. You know, Daniel's a a big guy, but Lewis is a lot bigger. Yeah, and uh, he's known for knocking people out. I think Daniel's going to wrestle him. Yeah, yeah. So if you got a guy that's trying to knock you out, you gotta you gotta slow him down usually. Then yeah, or. You can break it down and try to counter punch him, and there's, there's, I mean, there's so many things you can do. Were you right-handed or left-handed when you were a kid? Right-handed. And are you both-handed now? You yeah, think? I, I use both hands for different things, but I fight left-handed now. Really? Yeah. Fuck, bro. That's crazy, dog. I realize, like, if I'm, I notice that if I'm gonna like do like hopscotch, I start on my left foot. <laughs> yeah. I notice that. Yeah. I can go right, but mostly I'm more left, man. Yeah. yeah I just don't have that many athletic skills. Like a sprint, you would start with the. If a sprint, I think I would start. I wouldn't sprint anymore. Okay, yeah, <laughs> me either, man. My hip. <laughs> yeah, I would shut it down. Um, if the so the stem cells, you'll know in three weeks. Then, well, I think I'll know before. They said I'll I'll be able to go back to training in mm-hmm. three weeks. I'll know before then. I'll know how I'm feeling like in, within a week of the shots. Right. Yeah. They're also doing synovial fluid, so my joint is is going to be you know lubricated. Okay. Getting the oil changed, dog. That's it, huh? Yeah. So, dude, and that's just now. Do you just really need enough to be able to get to that fight? Is that kind of how you think about it? Well, they told me, uh, I mean, 
yeah, as long as I can have a healthy training camp and then fight, whatever happens after that just happens. That's kind of my mindset, but I want to do the right things. And they told me that this could be anywhere from eight months relief yeah. to a year and a half. It's hard to tell. Everybody's different. Okay, so this is kind of like, I remember I got a part of my disc taken out once, and they give you like the same thing they give women when they're pregnant. They give them... Um epidurals right and so that would make it so then totally like my back would be fine for like six to eight months and then it would uh it would just get kind of bad again but yeah. maybe it's similar this is a, a little bit different i think right on. yeah maybe it's not even similar <laughs> <laughs> uh well, let's take one more question man and then we'll shut it down yo what's up baby girl this is uh eric calling from uh, denver colorado and i thought you got uh that bad boy the diamonds on your show and I got a question for him. Sorry, I'm talking kind of faster than doing some jokes. Um, <laughs> cocaine. But, uh, yeah, my question is, uh, what was the craziest street fight he's ever seen or been a part of? And, uh, Theo, I think I know yours. It was when you got a, when you, you know, ran into the headbutton champ and oh, yeah. it didn't, uh, go your way. But, uh, Theo, take care and, uh, I'll try and stop doing, uh, cocaine soon. So. All right, boys. Yeah, take care. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck stopping doing cocaine, bro. Oh, man. I haven't been part of a street fight. And to answer that question, I haven't been part of a street fight, and I don't know how long. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. That's uh, I'm off the clock. Yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. you ever see any, though? Have you ever seen some real wild ones? Dude, last one that I could think of that I've been in mm -hmm. was uh, one Mardi Gras down in Lafayette, Louisiana. I was at my brother's house, and it was like a street party. You know, the whole everybody's out on the street, and my wife was leaning over a fence talking to somebody mm -hmm. and then guys from next door came over and like bent over her back while she was bending over and put his hand on her stomach mm. and like started talking in her ear mm -hmm. and then uh bro you just it, saw red huh yeah I, I ripped him off i had a buddy of mine who fights he started dropping this other guy's people left and right dude i mean <laughs> dude 100 percent. every shot that landed 100%. everybody fell 100%. He shot 100% from the field that night. <laughs> uh, then I, I started punching this guy, and then he he had a lot more friends than we did. And uh, my brother is not a fighter, so he he didn't run <laughs> he didn't run out of the house to come fight. But it was just like people were fighting he everywhere. Was a referee in that. Yeah, and I ended yeah. up getting my back up against a car because they were jumping. I, I was like, yeah, and I got hit with a bunch of uppercuts. It was crazy, man. Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras things. Mardi Gras is fun, though. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen at Mardi Gras, dude. Yeah. I love that, dude. My buddy, uh, some guy slept in his truck all night one year. Um, I slept in a portal that one time in New Orleans, man. I didn't have a place, yeah. Oh, like a porta potty? Or, yeah. Oh, or I mean, the seat was down, but yeah. <laughs> That's like the Ritz Carlton compared yeah. to where some people sleep out there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it gets a little deep out there, man. Mardi Gras. Dude, I love, that's one thing I do miss about Mardi Gras, man. Everybody would drink all day and anything could happen. Yeah. You could start a family. You could start a fire. <laughs> you could start a family. You could start a fight. Anything could happen at Mardi Gras, man. You'd end up with all kind of strange people. Yeah. I miss that stuff, man. I think some of what I miss really is just being young, you know, and not having those responsibilities. Like, dude, I remember when I was young, I would take a, uh, you could take a nap. And if you, f like, you didn't care how long it was. You didn't set an alarm. No. Like, fuck it, bro. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. I might wake up tomorrow. Don't even matter. Yeah, don't even matter. And now it's just like everything is more just, uh, I guess, adult, you know. But I guess that's part of growing up. Um, well, man, we wish you the best of luck, dude. Thank you so much for coming in, bro. This is really, really cool. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. Uh, wish you the best of luck, man. We're going to try and come out and, uh, and see one of those fights. That'd be dope, man. If you're ever back in Louisiana anytime soon, dude, hit me up. Yeah. And I'll show you a good time. Yeah. We'll, we'll eat some boudin crackling. Dude, I'll come over there and do something, bro. Do something strange. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I'll eat some fucking fox. I'll bring some fox meat. 
<laughs> you know? Fight some kangaroos. Well, they had a couple brothers that lived by me when I was in Baton Rouge. They were always grilling dove outside of my apartment. Dove. Yeah. <laughs> and they, i go out there, dude, and these two black dudes are always cooking dove, dude. And I don't usually eat peaceful birds, you right. know? No, right. <laughs> but then one day, I was like, I'll fucking have some, man. And it was good. Keep it the violent birds most of the time, right? Oh, dude, I'll fuck a toucan up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some toucan kebabs. Oh, bro, forget about it. <laughs> no. uh, Dustin Poirier, the diamond. Uh, best of luck in this upcoming fight, man. I hope you heal up soon. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my story. Well, thanks for watching that video right there. That was a beautiful little segment, I think. But of course, I'm partisan to myself. But you can move on to another video right now. You can check on this video or on this video. That's two different options. And you can also subscribe. To the channel. Check on a new video. Subscribe to the channel. Check, subscribe, check, 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 subscribe, subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Oh, hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> no! I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.